Good to see everybody here. Happy Saturday. Welcome to JB Font Channel. I am your host, James Fontleroy. So good to see you on this special day. The JB mm -hmm. Font Channel is available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So you can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network. You can also find me on the JB Show on Sundays at 1, on RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4, and the Savvy and JB Show on Thursdays at 6, or you can catch me on my usual time on Tuesdays at 2. Today's not the usual time because today's a special day. Also, if you are a so new to the channel, I want you to take that beautiful thumb, and I want you to smash down that like button just to let the algorithm know that you like what you're watching so that they will put me in front of a wider audience. These messages are very important, and what we have to talk about is also very important, and you won't get this on corporate media. That's mm. right. We we <laughs> are special. Our beautiful <laughs> millennial faces right in front of you giving you the facts. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's it's here's here's the thing it's 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 always good to be uh, on on your show it's always had a lot of fun and there's a lot of stuff to unpack especially in this crazy upside down world so shout out to all you beautiful people I hope you're having a very safe and wonderful weekend and uh, a very successful 2023 you know so there's a lot of stuff that's happening so uh, as I always say to my viewers on my show please be sure to double check and triple check that you're still subscribed to jb font show because i found out that harlan's media just got unsubscribed and i'm wondering what the heck's going on i even had to uh subscribe to uh savvy's and rbn so oh, really? i have yeah no no i take pride in knowing that hey look we're if we're subscribed we we, we subscribe but you know mm -hmm. i've been unsubscribed from a few people too uh from from yeah. the other independent media channels before so everyone mm. Keep keep That's your heads, yes. Keep your heads on a swivel. So, it's your mm -hmm. responsibility, unfortunately, everyone, to just make sure you're still subscribed because YouTube is on. Yeah, let me let me make sure. Let me make sure. Yeah, I'm still subscribed. Okay, okay. Yeah, take me off. Okay, it does. It does happen. Make sure. Yeah, definitely it does happen. Yeah. By the way, this beautiful, most informative voice that you hear is Kit Cabello of Heartlands Media. So good to see you. This is not his first time on this channel, so no need for real true introductions. He just gives you the facts and he gives you a great perspective and wonderful takes from a Midwestern perspective and somebody that's been around the world. So look, Kit, there's a lot to talk about, man. Oh, uh, there's a lot been going on. Well, uh, let's see. Where do we want to start? We could start in my backyard with the city of Chicago with the oh. arrogance of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. We could oh, talk gosh. about how force the vote is an actual tactic and how we heard from both AOC. Recently, Jimmy and Sabby yeah. did a breakdown of AOC's mm -hmm. word salad about why we can't do force the vote, then deflecting and making excuses <laughs> about why you can't do it. Then we hear from Ryan Grimm, who, mind you, RBN as an entire crew interviewed. And what was uh, Ryan Gribbs' uh, question to uh, Rokana? Can we do force the vote? To which Rokana gave a word salad answer too. For the most part, here's let's cut through the signal noise. Um, they're saying no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to challenge Hakeem Jeffries if the Democrats get the majority no. in 2024. No, no, there no, no. no. There you go. No. Um, but no. go, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, yeah. Look, okay. So while we're talking about it, uh. You know, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, and I was looking up some things, and I found a, a story about Lori Lightfoot. 
And one of the stories that came across, actually, can, let me do this really quick because mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I get this person. Um, thank you to INFJGC for becoming a JB member. Clap it up for IGC. Thank you so very much. I just wanted to point that out really quick before we move on because I don't want to miss it. I started anyway, but I just want to make sure I get it. And by the way, everybody, I'll get to your comments in a second, but I see you. I see you. But one of the things I want to talk about was the fact that Lori Lightfoot tried to get young people, particularly kids, to help her with her mayoral campaign recently, and she got caught. All okay. Pull up the story, and I'll let you talk because there's there's some things that you need to know. And as always, Uh-oh. I'm always I'm always happy to see that shock look on your face because every time oh, I come on God. your show, I always give you something where it's like, "What? Oh God! <laughs> oh, we're gonna do this again. Oh, kid, you're gonna make, you're gonna put me through it again. Okay. All right. So this is how the Chicago Sun Times it says: Lightfoot apologizes for campaign solicitation to CPS, Child Protective Services, City College students. That was a clearly a mistake. So let's go to what actually happened. So that because it kind of it kind of beats around it for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me see. I had it. Um, Okay. So let's start here. It says mayoral challenger Paul Vallis, the former Chicago public school CEO, demanded a joint investigation by Fletcher and Whitsburg and has questions he wants answered. Whether Lightfoot was, quote, aware her campaign was pressuring teachers and students to support her campaign using the CPS email addresses. If the mayor was not aware, will she take disciplinary action against campaign staffers? How did the mayor's re-election campaign obtain CPS teacher email list? Was there an agreement between Lightfoot campaign and CPS to offer student class credit? And if so, who at CPS authorized it? And if there was no agreement, did Lightfoot campaign lie to students and teachers by claiming there would be a chance to earn class credit? This is basically the crux of what's going on. Kit, lay it on me, brother. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot and uh, Chicago Public Schools. Now, uh, for those of you who do not uh, live in the city of Chicago, we have a Harlan's Media has a secondary channel called Chicago Corner, which is dedicated to Chicago politics and um, what's happening in my backyard. Jerry mm-hmm. and Edward have done a fantastic job. Uh, especially handling that show. So let's talk about Lightfoot. All right. Now, Lightfoot came into office in 2019. As I've said on your show before, uh, she won through a landslide victory, but it was the lowest voter turnout in uh, Chicago uh, election history. Okay. Especially for the office of mayor, Uh, Mm -hmm. but she did win and she built a coalition and she was able to successfully win and she ran on promises of reversing the policies of Rahm Emanuel. Now, under Rahm's watch, 54 Chicago public schools have been shut down. Since the ascension of Lightfoot, 
Chicago public schools have been gutted. They've been uh, still suffering uh, layoffs. They've been still suffering lack of resources. Lightfoot in her pettiness uh, has systematically, especially in her first year, gone toe-to-toe against CTU. During the pandemic lockdown, Lightfoot was a huge opponent against the CTU and teachers from safely conducting their classes. Now, I know each of us have our perspectives on the lockdowns as well as the pandemic, but the way Lightfoot was going after Chicago Teachers Union uh, members, teachers, and parents who were concerned about the COVID-19 and getting infected with it and so much more, mm-hmm. uh, Lightfoot was willing uh, willing to, um, again, bully the schools, shut them down, and go into another fight with CTU all over again. Uh, since then, I find it interesting now that she somehow got these emails uh, that her administration was somehow now reaching out to CPS teachers when her administration has been an antagonist towards Chicago public teachers and Chicago uh, teachers union. What I find to also be um, shocking about Lightfoot is this isn't the first time her campaign has been doing something nefarious uh, in regards to trying to get reelected uh, mm-hmm. since since she's uh, once again thrown her hat in the ring. Her previous coalition uh, is no longer surrounding around her. She is now going uh, and asking for corporate donations so that she can win again. That's what's making mm-hmm. up her new coalition. And similar mm-hmm. to Rahm Emanuel, she is not attending mayoral debates and forums. She's what? going to she's going to her own quote unquote safe places. So, take for example, tomorrow, uh, myself, myself, and Jerry, uh-huh. uh, and, and Edward, our colleague. We will be going uh, and covering a, a Chicago mayoral forum. Mm-hmm. That's going to be happening tomorrow. But two weeks ago, we covered an event at Copernicus Center. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight out of the ten mayoral candidates at the time showed up. We interviewed six of them. The other two we couldn't interview because, again, of traffic. Uh, that's, that's not their fault. But, hey, we, we at least got six out of eight interviews done. We were able to cover the entire event. So – when the live stream was 45 minutes in, uh, I decided to take a break and have Jerry, you know, maintain the boards. Cause obviously you have to have a moderator, keep an eye on chat, but mm-hmm. I want to explain to people what kind of person Lightfoot is and really what kind of pain these uh, mm-hmm. students will be in for, especially if they're going to start working mm-hmm. for her campaign. So I'm taking photos of the campaign tables and all the flyers. Mm-hmm. And I noticed then a Lightfoot campaign table. Now, the people running that event were saying to me that Lightfoot was not going to show up. And I see these two young Mm -hmm. women who were uh, setting the table up. And I go ahead and ask them, excuse me, is Lightfoot attending? To which they both said no. And I said, "Okay, well, if you're here as a campaign, it's kind of odd that you have a table here. Lightfoot's not showing. Are you at least going to be asking and uh, answering any questions? To which they said, no, we're not allowed to. We have all these documents here. And I said, well, now that's really odd. You're, you're, you're setting what? up a table here. You're setting up a table here. You're not answering questions. Lightfoot's not showing up. This is completely suspicious. And the two mm-hmm. young women walk away, but one of them turns around and quietly looks at me and says this. This is a very difficult job to do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
I kid you not. That's what happened. Jerry was giving me that same look too. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah. They said, she said, this is a very difficult job to do. And so the thing is, Lightfoot is going to her own areas for safe places. And she's asking now students to be with her and help and, and, and giving out another kind of false premise that she cares about teachers, that she cares about the students when her entire administration has been going to war against CTU and Chicago public teachers. This isn't the first time Lightfoot has done something this nefarious to a group where she's asking for help. Hell, she, she, she has been giving large amounts of money to the Chicago Police Department, but the Chicago Police Department, the CPD, they don't like her. She, she is completely unpleasant to be around. She is completely thin-skinned. She cannot take criticism whatsoever. So Lightfoot, once again, going ahead and asking for uh, getting the emails from the teachers and asking them, hey, I want your students to come. This is a direct violation. Now, she's saying clearly it's a mistake. No, no, no. She has made one too many mistakes. This is malicious and on purpose. This is why I've said on Chicago Corner, Hard Lens Media, and I'll even say it on your show too. If Lightfoot is reelected, it is a death blow to the city of Chicago. We cannot survive another four years under Mayor Lori Lightfoot. The, the fact that she has the audacity. Hold on. Wait. I, I don't think you know about this one, uh, Jay. So she's actually going if to if, look it up on your computer too because you know what? I always like to be fact-checked by my colleagues in independent media. It's always important mm -hmm. to fact-check each other. Yeah. This mayor has the big brain idiot idea of hosting a NASCAR event in the city of Chicago. But Wait, not what? in a not in a NASCAR arena, but on the streets. On the streets where the public parks are at. All right. No, all right. You know what? Happening. No, this no, see, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. No. You you mean to tell me that Lori Lightfoot decided to have a NASCAR event? Wait, hold up. You yes. mean to tell me she decided to have a NASCAR event on the streets of Chicago? Are you is she mental? Yes, like, this is happening. What? This is hold on. You know what? I Dude, I, I promise you, I I promise a promise is a promise. Hold on. I'm gonna break my there chair. Private chat. Oh God, are you kidding me right now? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh my God. I gotta share this. Oh. Because I'm just reading. Because hold up, I was just reading. This is out of WTTW. Says that Chicago faces 127.9 million dollars budget shortfall mm -hmm. from Lori Lightfoot, and I'm like, wait a minute. I get it, but and now she, she's doing this. Yes, this oh, mayor. This, this mayor. And here's the thing. Look, I love my city. I love it with all my heart. But this is a recipe for disaster. And here's the thing. She ran this plan and got it run through without without even talking to the aldermen in the affected areas where this is going to oh be at. And this is, this is a heavily populated area in the downtown area of Chicago. Now, I'm not an expert in NASCAR. Maybe your audience members, some heroic individuals step forward and say, hey, I'm an expert. I know about NASCAR. So the thing is, I, I'm pretty sure those arenas where NASCAR races are held are designed for a specific way for those cars to run efficiently. Yeah. Chicago and a NASCAR arena are two different things altogether. We got potholes galore. That's so are they gonna fix the potholes first? Are they gonna possibly. fix the potholes? 
She might. She might. Maybe. Kind of. Sort of. She could if she wanted to. But this is a three-year deal that she also signed here, too. And the thing is, we don't know what we're really getting back from NASCAR. So what Lightfoot did is make a deal, but we're not getting anything back in return unless she is assuming that tourists will show up in mass. The last time any mayor had a big brain idiot idiot idea like this was when we had uh, Daly Jr. trying to bring in the Olympics when Obama uh, first became president. And thank God we dodged that bullet because any city that ever hosts the Olympics then suffers a massive recession because all because uh, again anything anything that's designed around uh, hosting the Olympics any city has always suffered economic withdrawals afterwards. It's like a, 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 a just a short boost, a short high. Nas this NASCAR thing, three year deal. What exactly have we given up? And not to mention the maintenance of the Chicago Public Parks, which are supposed to be for the people. We're talking about massive waste, pollution, and so much more. We don't know what the long-term effects are. And plus, I, I said I joked on this with uh with, with Jerry uh on Chicago Corner, and that is okay, let's say the NASCAR races do happen. Yeah. You know, hey, how about I play the devil's advocate here? Or what what's 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 the worst that could happen? What could possibly go wrong? Maybe an accident? Maybe, maybe. That's a little too much noise close to my house. Exactly. Because that you know, and on top of it, well, you know, I, I I can just see risks. I mean, potential for a disaster to happen in the streets of Chicago. Well, do do you want to know what? Here's the thing: Lightfoot stands firm. Uh, 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 Chicago Mayor Lightfoot is even quoted for saying as well: the street race will be a love letter to Chicago. How now? Well, I think what she's trying to do is hype up the brilliance and beauty of our streets. And, oh, look at NASCAR here. They're racing in Chicago. But I have to say, as a lightfoot, people are still being evicted from their homes and apartments. We still have police corruption. We still have political corruption. Many of the current aldermen are abandoning ship. A lot of these guys got scandals or don't want to stay into office. So the rats are effectively leaving the sinking ship. There's also, again, uh, many of the mental health facilities have still not have been open. There's still lead in our drinking water. And mm -hmm. then we also have a lot of these uh, industrial facilities on the south and west side neighborhoods that are committing environmental racism towards the yeah. people in the south and west side communities. And what, what are predominantly the make of those communities? African-American, Latino. Mm -hmm. And Lightfoot is yeah. – yeah, you know, but this is the same Lightfoot who's who, again – uh, when confronted about this, will be quick to dismiss it and start an antagonistic fight towards the media. But yet she also says there must be a rise of black voices in the media. But when a uh, independent journalist went ahead and confronted her and did not go on the script of what she's used to, she was quick to dismiss uh, that young black woman. And this was done in, I think, 2019, maybe 2020. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, so God, let me get into this. Hang on. I I, I ranted I ranted for far too long. Sorry about that. No, 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 no. You're 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 fine. It's just okay. Hang on. I there there's a couple comments that I think are are warranted. Um, Roger Meadows says I'm so glad NYC fought 
that mm. back every time. The people at MIC don't want it. And then Chuck E. Cheese says, I had a NASCAR track in my hometown, and you can hear a NASCAR race for like several miles, maybe 15 or 20 miles. It's definitely loud, and it goes on for like six to 10 hours. Yes. He continues and says, I know a little bit about NASCAR. NASCAR requires an arena that they run on a curved track, which is required to prevent astroplaning when a car flies into the stands. You know, not just the, the noise pollution, but also the amount of pollution that can come from having so many people in these areas. And are you going to hire more people to keep these areas clean? Because it's just like that's the sorry, question. That's the question in the article. So we don't really know. So here's the thing there's uh Buckingham Fountain, and there's also Roosevelt Road. So this is a huge green space. Now, again, the purpose of these parks, they were originally designed for the people to enjoy. Now, I get, mm -hmm. I understand, hey, tourism is key. You know, you got to do mm -hmm. something for tourism. But I'm going to send you an article where there's the supposed layout for this race. And it doesn't make any goddamn sense because it doesn't look like anything that a real uh, NASCAR arena would look like. It doesn't even fit the profile. So for that person who wrote it, um, obviously we may not get a full race, but I cannot see this being safe. I see a disaster happening on these streets, on this layout, the proposed layout in from between July 1st to July 2nd of 2023. It's going to be 2.2 miles, I believe, the course lengths. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's 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 it just it just doesn't look safe at all. It looks mm -hmm. like uh, somebody wrote made a deformed uh, uh, eight or infinity sign. There you go. Wow, those are some very sharp turns. Yeah, those are that, too sharp. I mean, I I I hope I hope that they're not going to be going full speed. Because if, if this is if this is going to be a full speed race, I see I see an accident happening. And again, Lightfoot yeah. did this without talking to the city council. Lightfoot did this without even talking to the local alderman who represents the area. Uh, but for some of you, who probably might be wondering. Well, wait, is there anything the alderman can do? Yes and no. The problem is the office of mayor here in Chicago is like the end all be all. The buck stops with them. Uh, old man Daly, uh, who came into power in the 1950s, uh, cemented the office of mayor to replace the council. Because originally, before Daly, old man Daly, uh, it was the council that was running the city. When Daly mm -hmm. got into office, he turned himself into uh, Caesar. Uh, if you ever want to read a book about what Daly did, read the book called American Pharaoh. And, and, it, mm -hmm. and it will go into detail just what mayor uh daily old man mayor daily did to mm -hmm. cement the office so lightfoot can do things just like that and get no pushback and she's gone mad with power wow yeah sean miller says 100 to 140 probably i've heard faster i've heard typically they go faster in nascar i heard i heard 180 plus sometimes because mm -hmm. those cars are that souped up so even still, those corners are way too sharp 
for these cars to be making in a city like this it just it doesn't make any sense and so for lightfoot to actually approve of this in in a in a city this populous like are you is she mad like i i think i think all, all what she cares about all what she truly cares about lightfoot that is is mm-hmm. she cares about her ego she cares about her pride she uh really cares about just having her legacy represented in a way that will make her look good um and is- and, and i think it's it's all <clears throat> it's all <clears throat> excuse me for her it's all short term goals she she never looks at the bigger picture which yeah. again is 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 a problem with this mayor because through her administration, she has abandoned everyone that helped her out. She lied to CTU. She lied to the yeah. activists and organizers on the south side of Chicago. Uh, she lied to uh, anyone that helped finance her. I mean, e- e- even e- even then, like some of her old opponents from 2019 who supported yeah. her when they dropped out mm-hmm. of the race yeah. are now running against her again in 2023. Bro. And yeah, yeah. So this is. This is going to be a traffic nightmare. Mm-hmm. Well, not only a traffic nightmare, but uh, the the issue I'm I'm wondering about is okay. What are some of the long term consequences if there's an accident? If something else happens, how much does the city have to pay? Uh, is NASCAR held accountable? Because if you look further into the article, you'll notice that uh, we're we're not we don't truly know what else we're getting with this deal with NASCAR and NASCAR it, from from my perspective and from what some of the aldermen have been looking at as well it's a hands-off approach they're somewhat involved but they got a deal and Lightfoot was just happy to get, get her name attached to it she she's like think of her as a more egotistical version of Jan from the office you know, because I don't want to compare it to Michael Scott, because Michael Scott liked to wear costumes, but she likes to wear costumes too. And yeah. Oh man, this is wild. Yeah, I, 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 I have, um, I have uh, been left myself wondering how is it that she's going to effectively run, and the only, the only way that she can maintain any kind of relevance. Uh, through this election cycle is is if voter turnout is low during the primary and so many Chicagoans may not be aware that there is an election, a city election happening in 2023. And we've been doing everything we can to cover the forums, to cover the debates, to talk about what's happening in this city. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the, the real the real tactic will have to be is uh, whoever can get the most votes. Uh, voters yeah. to turn out for them and so they get the majority uh, in in the primary uh mm-hmm. then, then we'll see who's going to be uh representing chicago in the aftermath of that primary and i am i am concerned that people just might be blind to it might not show yeah. up or just lo- out of out of out of just yeah. um being robots just voting for lightfoot because that's all they know and a lot of these uh candidates you know, one of them's gonna have to really start stepping up their game further to get voter turnout. And whoever controls the north side, 
and this is this isn't a dig at the south or west side neighborhoods, but whoever controls the north side will be the winner. And I I I'm I'm dreading to say these words, but I think Lightfoot could potentially might have that area locked down. Maybe, maybe she has made enemies out of activists and the LGBTQ community and so many others. But then again, many people are blind to identity politics, and this isn't. I, I, again, my criticism towards Lightfoot, because this is another thing that Lightfoot has done, too. OK, any ounce of criticism that she has received from the media or from any of her political opponents, she's quick to jump on the, the board of sexism, misogyny, racism and home of uh, some people being homophobic. And it's, it's, it's very clever that she's hiding behind the shield of identity politics to avoid any criticism. Uh but that's a danger because this mayor has been Rahm Emanuel 2.0. That's who she is. And yeah. right now with Chewy Garcia, Representative Chewy Garcia, also throwing his hat in the race, Jerry has surmised that he is there as a just-in-case for the Democratic Party because Lightfoot is – she's not popular. Uh, but, in case, but in case she fails the runoff, the Democrats do have Chewy. And that could be a potential person to fill in that void. And then I, um, I would be legitimately surprised if Chewy does make it in the primary that he doesn't win because he is a name that's known here in Chicago. And mm-hmm. I'm 50 50 on Chewy. I mean, he was on that force to vote petition and he didn't even show up for force to vote in 2021. Wow. Yeah. L- let me ask you this Is the north side of, of Chicago a more affluent side? Is oh, that yeah. what it is? Okay. So, so as I said on your show, and I think even on Sabrina's show too, Chicago is a hyper-segregated city. Um, and wh- what do I mean by that? Well, let's just say um, anything that Jim Crow did in the South, he would be foaming at the mouth as he would wish he would do something like that in, or have something equivalent like what's in Chicago. So there's oh. uh, there's a clear economic divide on the north side and the south side of Chicago if you just cut Chicago in half. Uh, but then within the south side and even on the north side, there are different communities there as well. Plus, the way the aldermanic districts are cut up, uh, it looks like a madman uh, decided to create a crazy jigsaw puzzle. The north side is more affluent. That is correct. But they also have their own problems, too. There is, again, uh, um, uh, 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 real estate developers moving in. There's lead in the drinking water there, too. Um but yes, wow. the north side is more affluent, and yes, voter turnout is much higher on the north side. Which, again, as 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 a political analysist, you know, I I want I, I want to show all my support and love for the south side. But voter turnout has been historically low on the south side and west side of Chicago, and whereas on the north gotcha. side, it's much higher. So there's more, mm-hmm. I guess, voter engagement, and there's right. maybe two or three candidates that I'm keeping an eye on that I find interesting. Uh, one of them who stands out the most has been Jamal Green. Um, I've interviewed him in the past. He ran in 2019. He he runs on public banks. He's he's all oh. for um, you know uh, funding our uh, public schools. Uh, mm-hmm. You can actually check out some of our interviews that we did with him. I think I could pull that up if if you're interested. Uh, okay. What we did on Chicago Corner. It's our most recent one that we did. So let me go see mm-hmm. if I can find it for you, and then that way your viewing audience can be introduced to uh jamal green so let me go ahead and pull this up so my colleague jerry was interviewing him so let me get Mm -hmm. this set up for you 
here you go. All right. So yeah, I, I think he's I think he's running a very strong campaign. I think he has what it takes. Okay. So it's not it's not an endorsement though, but I just want to just think I think of all of them uh, in regards for policies I agree with um he's the closest one. Mm, okay. All right. Policy-wise, cuz I mean, look, policy is the basically the name of the game. I am through with personalities. It's like I don't care if the guy's a jerk. What is his per- what is his policies? The policy positions are what matter to me most. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and- Sorry, go ahead. Well, uh, he's he's been consistent, and uh, you know what's what's interesting to point out too is he uh, when he ran in twenty nineteen, uh, mm-hmm. he did endorse uh, Lightfoot at the end, but then mm. when it was time for her to follow through with some of her promises, she was quick to make him into an enemy, uh, vilify wow. him, and uh, go mm. to war against anyone. Like I said, that would be critical of her. I mean, she even said a Scooby-Doo meme of her was uh, racist. How? And th- well, it- obvi- okay, so obviously the, this was like, I think, early 2021. And so there was a report or there was a meme that came out where Lightfoot. Uh, or, okay, so the story was Lightfoot gave some more money to the Chicago uh, Police Department again. Okay. And a meme came out where Shaggy and the gang scooby mm-hmm. shaggy and the gang all had mm-hmm. this you know like ghost police officer caught they took off the mask and said, oh it's just lightfoot give it <laughs> money to the person. <laughs> right, <laughs> right? And, and so and so you know <laughs> i think i think she was saying it was racist because i guess there was like what yeah 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 four white people and their dogs <laughs> surrounding her which i get it but you know i mean <laughs> Lightfoot's quick to make herself look like a clown. I mean, jo- Joe Rogan, when he did a comedy show here, uh, oh, <laughs> made her look like Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh my God. Look, hold up. If you're giving money to the police, then you're associated with them. Look at yeah. your God. Yeah. So, yeah, this is. Man, I'm telling you. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. So, so I think a lot of people would like this interview that we did, that we did with um, Jamal. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's actually pretty informative. So let's, let's actually uh, yeah. share, mm-hmm. it with, share it with the people. Okay, sure. Uh, it's only seven minutes. Let's go. Mr. Jamal Green. Thank you for joining us, Jamal. Pleasure to see you. I understand traffic was tough. We know. So do you know if Mayor Lightfoot was invited tonight or is she? I mean, I, I don't. Um, you know, I would I would seem that they would invite it to all candidates. Um, she's the mayor. She thinks that she doesn't have to show up to, to things. But I think as she continues to look at those poll numbers, she'll show up at some point. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about your exciting candidacy. There was some controversy with uh, the Ricky Hendon scandal. We actually had an opportunity to talk to Dr. Wilson earlier, and he did not give a yes or no to the optics regarding Mr. Hendon staying with his campaign, which it, well, all due respect to him to us kind of seemed problematic. I don't want to editorialize too much. But um, you feel very strongly that uh, the claims in your petition challenge against uh, Dr. Wilson are pretty strong. They are pretty strong. Um, you know, we're, we're, we've been clear as far as the residency, as far as the pattern of fraud, um, you know, as far as just the, the full petition 
um, all of the sheets not being binded correctly, numbered, notary stamped, circulator signatures, etc. So that's pretty strong. I think that we'll have a uh, we have a great case right now. It's in records challenge as we speak. Um, uh, right now, the board of elections. Right now, they're checking the signatures. Um, so we'll hear something soon. All right. So I know that this is going to come up in the forum tonight. This is not a gotcha question, but it's a tough question. But I know you've answered it before. For people who haven't heard you answer it, I want to give you the opportunity to share your answer to this question. Many critics of your candidacy have said you lack the experience. Uh, you're young. How do you uh, how do you address those comments to really convince people that those claims are unfounded in regards to the experience you do have? And I think the benefit of youth changing things, youth, younger candidates changing things because the experienced ones seems to be kind of business as usual. Well, I think you've answered it for me. <laughs> three things. Well, okay. Number one, <laughs> three things, you know, uh, number one, what have the folks with experience done for you? What are the people in this race? Mm -hmm. Just look at the people in this race. Let's look at what they've done, the elected positions that they have now or the jobs that they've had before. Tell me what have they've done to make an impact on your community, on your life. And you'll see that the people that has all of this experience, it doesn't mean that they'll have an agenda that's for the people. Uh hey, Kit, let me ask you this question. Did you ever get to see Avengers Infinity War? Yes, of course. Well, actually, okay. here's the thing. I kind of I, I kind of knew what was going to happen with the snap. You know, I, 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 I could see yeah. Homer Simpson just yelling at me saying, how come you do this? Why didn't you tell us this before? Because I yeah. read the comics. So I kind of knew what was going to happen. So so so, okay. so why, why, why are you asking about Infinity War? OK, re remember the beginning mm -hmm. where Loki goes, he goes, hey, he tells the Thanos, he goes, hey, if you're going to Earth, you might want a guide. And he goes, I'm quite experienced. And Thanos goes, you consider failure an experience? And Loki goes, I consider experience experience. He sounds very politician-y right there. We're saying, oh, well, I have experience. But Thanos is like, but you failed. So how is that going to help me? So this is what it reminds me of, this question. It's like, well, I have experience. And it's like, but you failed every mm -hmm. time. Just or you failed to help the people who are most vulnerable every single time. Mm hmm. Well, the thing is, like when we look at experience, hey, you know, Pete Buttigieg could say, hey, I have experience, but <laughs> the man's an absolute failure at the transportation uh, as, as as secretary of transportation. But also the man has failure of being a mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Seriously, yeah. people go ahead and ask the people of South Bend, Indiana, how they feel about uh, Pete Buttigieg. Judge, judge. Peter Paul is, Montgomery. Yeah. Pe people. Yeah don't like you if especially if all this experience you could have all i mean dying feinstein has experience yeah at being a vegetable but i mean there you go <laughs> now okay that was mean that was mean i'm sorry that was mean folks yeah, i need to be well, nicer i need to be well, nicer well i mean I, i'm thinking about people like henry kissinger he has experience that man's still alive Okay. Um, what time is it? Uh, hold on. We're 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 waiting. Jesus Christ, he's ninety nine years old. We're wait, we're waiting for the ball to drop. What the? F yeah, he's, yeah. He's still alive. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Wow. When someone is beloved, and they're old, 
I want them to live as long as possible. Like Betty White, I wanted her to make it to 120. But Kissinger? Oh, he should have been gone a long time ago. Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Wow. So that's all I got to say. So Jesus, 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 yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The good old people, I want them to stay with us. The bad old people, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm reading this what? here. I I didn't know he was still alive. This yeah. is this is insane. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, okay. what he says, Kissinger has proved that only the good die young. No. Yep. Uh. Yep. 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 We can continue. Uh, number two is I'm not tainted. That is a great thing, right? Mm. It is a great thing that you have a candidate that is not uh, tainted, controlled, mm-hmm. puppeted around, mm-hmm. that has real policies that really benefit the people, and that mm-hmm. is nine times out of ten going to keep their promises because they don't have those ties uh, and they're not uh, uh, tainted by, by old seats. And number three, yes, I'm young, right? Uh, but when you talk about the experience, talk about the experience that I do have. The experience that I do have is in the community, whether that was uh, uh, on behalf of Laquan McDonald, on behalf of young people throughout this city, uh, fighting on behalf of businesses to keep them open uh, or or, um, uh, get them back open after they were looted, raising a quarter of a million dollars, forcing Chase Bank, fighting the largest bank in the world, forcing them to give back a billion dollars to the south and west sides. We talk about the experience. I don't care what it is, housing, uh, um, violence, uh, mental health, um, every every different issue we can go down the line. I can show you how I've been on the front lines fighting for that without the title. And uh, I think that experience with the people fighting for the people matters more than the experience in government being corrupt. So let's talk about banking because you have been at the forefront of an initiative to provide affordable housing for people across all Chicago communities. And we you kind of addressed this at your press conference at the uh, petition drop-off, but for our viewers that don't understand the concept of the benefits of a public bank and how it could help Chicago's not only your economy, but perhaps also help uh, the, the crushing deficit in our budget. You hear that, Roger Meadows? You hear that, bud? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Shortfalls we're always dealing with. Can you, I know it's a complicated subject, but as, as Reader's Digest as you can, tell our audience why you're, you're proposing this, why you're so much in support of it, and what those benefits are so people will perhaps expect the same kind of proposals yeah. or support from other candidates. It's so important. Yeah, it's so important for the city to have a public bank. I mean, we're in a city of, uh, uh, in a situation where we need our own economic engine to be able to invest back into communities. And we've been leveraging billions of dollars. I mean, uh, uh, putting b- billions of dollars in these banks that the bank has been leveraging um, for their benefit and investing in private prisons, investing in immigration detention centers, investing in fossil fuel industries. And then you look back and you say, hey, what is their numbers when it comes to mortgages in on the south and west sides? One percent, two percent in six years uh, uh, compared to the rest of, of the city of Chicago. So they're also redlining communities and they're not our partners in rebuilding the city. If we have our own bank, a bank of Chicago, where uh, we have a nine member board, three put forth by the city council, three put forth by the mayor, three as elected by the people that uh, has priority of uh, um, that puts the priority of money out, whether it is uh, mortgages, whether it is income based uh, uh, housing development, whether it's small business development. And then when that happens, the profit that comes back from that bank goes right back to city services. It's not investing in the the 
prisons, it's investing back in the people. So that is whether it's paying down our pension crisis, right? Or whether it is being another stream of funding for our underfunded schools. Uh, it's up to us on where we want that the excess of revenue to go back to instead of mm -hmm. leaving it with the banks and we're not getting anything. It just makes the most sense. It makes too much sense, which is why it seems all the all the all of the our political leaders who are you know connected with crony uh, associates are not really focusing on it. Um, That's a, also a really interesting thing. Like for instance, and I know Roger Meadows has talked about this, and I've had Alfeco Maturity mm -hmm. from the National uh, Infrastructure Bank Coalition on. And even when you go municipal public banks, or you go statewide public banks, or even having just a, a national public bank, it it actually also can help generate revenue so that you, you can kind of recycle and mm -hmm. build up your infrastructure, especially for the local residents within the area. Let, let's say hypothetically we had a county public bank here in Orange County, Florida which is also part of, you know, city of Orlando's and Orange County. It just imagine the budget that we can surplus by just having investment from a public bank in order to not only take care of our roads and bridges and like that in, in the area, but also what about the students, you know, being able to help uh, give it just an idea help give scholarships to students to go to technical school. We have a technical vocational school here called Mid-Florida Tech, right? Mm -hmm. We have Mid-Florida Tech, Winter Park Tech, and Orlando Tech. We have three technical vocational schools in Orange County. You could, you know, start giving more scholarships to kids who, instead of going to UCF or instead of going to Valencia or Rollins College, they could be going to help you know build you know to our vocational schools so that we can hire them and to working for the city or working for different companies in order to help build up our infrastructure here uh, it's just it just makes more sense mm -hmm. instead of nascar well uh again uh that question was brought up during the forum and uh all of the mayoral candidates that were up there just thumbs down it. And also I'm, I'm proud to say that a lot of them also gave a middle finger to the Chicago bears that want to leave uh, the city. Oh yeah. You didn't notice. Yeah. 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 Lightfoot in her incompetence actually are causing the Chicago bears to leave the city to which I got to say, uh, first of all, to the bears leaving the city uh, right here, right here, because uh, you made your name off of the city. The city's been very good to the Chicago Bears. And now they want to go to Arlington in, in Illinois. And uh what? What you want to you're gonna call yourself what the Arlington Bears? Hey, listen, if you're kicked out of there too, don't come back. Seriously, if you're gonna leave this city, don't come back. All right. As as a franchise, the Bears have been an embarrassment. And I'm not talking about the football players, I'm talking about ownership. I'm talking about management. They've been a complete disaster. And, you know, all this talk of, oh, well, we got a rivalry with Green Bay. If it's a one-sided fist fight, it's not a rivalry, God damn it. There you what? go. What? There Look, they, they might as well get rid of the Cubs, right? They might as well get rid of the Cubs, too, while they're at it. 
like, if you're going to get rid of the Bears, get rid of the Cubs. I mean, because you're messing up the city already. Why is it is? If you're going to burn it, you might as well burn it down real good. No, like, what, it's, it's crazy. Well, the, the, uh, so, so <laughs> what, what, what I find what I find funny is, uh, you know, the other the other Chicago teams, like, they haven't done that, which is, again, uh, it really shows that maybe the Bears have dug themselves a hole, but also shines a light on just how, how Lightfoot can just make an enemy out of anyone. But uh, no, seriously, right here to the Chicago Bears that want to leave the city. You know, they they want to leave the city because oh, what they're not getting enough tax breaks, buddy. Your 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 football team is doing just fine here in Chicago, but now you want to leave now. Okay, fine, leave. Jeez. Don't let the door hit you, but a good Lord split you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny, Danny, hold on. And Danny just said a very violent thing right there in chat. And I want to address it. He, he he wrote he wrote something very violent about the about the Chicago White Sox. How 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 dare he? He said yeah. no way. First of all, first of all, first of all, sir. First of all, we 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 got to the championship first before the Cubs did. And oh. second of all, all right. <laughs> I I am I am a South Side thriller. I'm a North Side killer. Okay, so uh, you don't you don't ever ever <laughs> in your life, Danny. Danny, you never. Write that, write that there with me being present again. God, God damn it. On Saddam Hussein's palace, I predicted the White Sox were going to win the World Series in 2005. Everyone said I was full of shit. I was proven correct. Occasionally, my mad predictions do come out to be true, but that we didn't get our dynasty yet. No way. The Cubs are more Chicago than the White Sox. How dare you? How dare you, sir? That is violence. Oof. Them's fighting words. <laughs> you know, you, you know, what I want to see at least before I turn forty. Though I would mm-hmm. like to see a red line series between the Cubs and Sox. That that you know, because the New York New York had that when when the uh, Mets versus the uh, Yankees. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think if we were to have then th- this whole city would tear itself apart. North side and South side teams make it to the playoffs. It'll, it'll be pandemonium. Like the only way you're not going to be out there is is if you're dead in prison or. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Jeez, man. So yeah, Chicagoans they don't play about their sports, man. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So 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 take that, Danny. Danny being violent. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Oh, man. Danny has something else to say. I want to give some attention to this. Danny says public banks will also ease the intentionally difficult and discouraging process for applying for unemployment. That's also. I think I think Kit will forgive you for that one. There you go. That's 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 correct language right there. (laughs) That's correct language. And then Roger backs this up. He says, way ahead of you, Jay. Kit already informed me. Hey, Kit, Jerry said. Right now, you're running an initiative for a Chicago PB. Was that literal? Is he running a local CBI for a public bank in congruence with this campaign? Well, uh, right now, um, you know, we did send, um, and you'll probably get to the end of the interview with this one. Uh, we gave uh, all the six mayoral candidates that we interviewed um, our Chicago manifesto. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a manifesto that we we have yet to receive back from any of the candidates as, as of yet. Jerry hasn't informed me of, of any of anything yet, but we do. Uh, he has 
I think I think um, Jamal has talked about public banking being on his mm-hmm. on his uh, campaign. But as for okay. an initiative right now for the city election, I don't know. But but it okay. can happen. There is a there is citizen initiatives that can be passed for uh, local elections. All right. There's about a minute and a half left. We can finish it up. Mm-hmm. Um, any new development, exciting developments in your campaign that we haven't heard about? Because, look, you've been leaps and bounds. You got number one on the ballot, which is very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you've got a great candidacy, but being up at the top there, people are paying attention to what we're doing, sure. trying to promote candidates. Any uh, other news from your campaign you want to share? Well, not yet, but we got some exciting news over this next week on uh, how are we going to really increase the voter turnout. And so uh, I'm excited. Our team is doing well. Um, you know, uh, I love being looked at as the underdog candidate uh, because somehow the underdogs always win. You heard it here first. So I don't know. Uh, well, mate, hopefully you've heard about this, but if not, I'll t- oh, Jay, Mal, we're, really quick question. So um, we have what we call on our show, the Chicago Corner Manifesto. This is, uh, you've heard about it. So this is basically important issues. And I would imagine you probably align with almost everything, if not everything on this list. So we're asking all candidates we speak with, not tonight, but if you could take this with you, it's a little bit of homework, fill it out, review what you agree with, what you have comments on, email me back at jerrychicagocorner.tv. And obviously we want to have you on the show again, but we're trying to like get candidates uh, feedback on what the other issues are coming from the people across the city of Chicago that you might not know about to address so we can talk about it. So that's your homework, sir. It's a pleasure to see you. Good interview. Yep. Uh, and, and, and so I think he has a very strong, uh, he's, he's been, he's been doing pretty good on social media. He's been on Chicago corner. So Mm -hmm. he, he, he will show up on independent media. Um, I think of all the candidates, I I would like to see him make it to the primary. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he needs to, uh, I guess, do more outreach, especially on the north side. Not, not, mm-hmm. a, not this isn't anything against him or being disrespectful. I think he has, he, he has a definitely a good ground, ground game on the south and west side. Uh, mm-hmm. But on the north side, whoever wins the most, most voter turnout, especially during the primary, but this even applies in a general election. Whoever wins the north side will win the city election. Unfortunately, I got you. Yeah, I got you. That's going to be interesting. So, yeah, Chicago's got a lot that they're dealing with, uh, especially with Lightfoot. Lightfoot is just, oh, man, I just don't know. I And, and you know what? I'm, it kind of makes me scared to look more deeper into my city because we have Buddy Dyer. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, so, sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm not familiar with what's happening in, you, in your neck of the woods. That's the thing. I'm trying to look more deeper into it. Um, mm. We just got, you know, after the primary, we just got a new representative for um, this area. And so uh, Maxwell Alejandro Frost is my representative. So he's the new um, progressive, as it were. Um, he Progressive, air quote. Yeah, air quotes, because he expressed his support and solidarity for the Palestinian people, and then he rescinded it and is now turned Zionist. And so that really, like, turned me off. So and plus, on top of it, he gave a lot of word salad. Uh, It was covered by Nick and CJ on Thursday and I had to jump on because he's literally my representative. I live in his district. So as far as getting to know the city, 
is he going to be like his predecessor, Val Demings? Because Val Demings was my representative in this district. She lost her race because she decided to run for Senate against Marco Rubio. <laughs> a cop ran against Marco Rubio. <laughs> Make that make sense. Little boy Rubio won a fight. Good for him. Yep, he won. Little Marco. Little and Marco. so Marco it beat her handedly. And instead of her actually running to keep her seat, Maxwell Frost basically won. But her husband, who is Jerry Demings, is the mayor of Orange County, which I also live in. And so is he going to be chummy chummy with Jerry Demings or is he going to carve out a lane for himself and go counter to the Democratic Party narrative? I highly doubt that he will. I highly doubt that he will present a challenge to the Democratic Party because everybody else who's part of the House Progressive Caucus, they have not either. And so that kind of goes into what I wanted to talk about, uh, about force to vote. And no, I, 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 look, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel your frustration. So go, go ahead. I'll, I'll add in my two cents. I, 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 I'm going to say this with the most humble words possible that I can say on behalf of me and RBN, on behalf of Kit and Heartlands Media, I want to say this. We told y'all so. I'm going to say it again. Are you listening? We told y'all so. What did we say? If you force a vote, you can get concessions on things that you would like on the House. And what did we say? What did we say? If y'all do it, then it will happen. Guess what? Y'all said, oh, no, we can't do it. We can't force the vote. Because if we force the vote, then we're actually going to risk Medicare for all. We're going to risk the concessions for everything. Guess what? Then the Republicans, the Freedom Caucus, were like, I right, bet we got you. All right, we're going to force a vote. Next thing you know, they force a vote. 15 rounds. 15 rounds. Ding, ding, ding. It is between. Gates and McCarthy. Gates is like, uh-uh. I'm look. I'm talking. I'm ta- I'm gonna talk my shit. Look, McCarthy is this. McCarthy is that. McCarthy is that. Guess what they did? Then they were like, then people like Ryan Grimm. Sorry, but I gotta name names. Ryan Grimm was like, ah, oh, this isn't gonna get much media attention. It got media attention. Ryan Grimm, you are literally the media. And guess what? It got your attention. It got everybody else's attention. It got Fox's attention. It got MSNBC's attention. It got CNN's attention. It got New York Times, Washington Post. It got all their attention. Guess what? Everybody was looking. Oh, snap. What is the House Freedom Caucus going to do? And then Mm -hmm. guess what? They got concessions. Going to keep on telling my concessions. If I got to tell it, got to tell it all. Guess what? They got him. 
Hey, man, I had a dance along too. Hey, you didn't tell me there's gonna be a music number. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, well, you know, here's the thing. Not only did we tell him so, but here's yeah. how I know that AOC is uh, a real professional liar or doesn't really. No, I'm gonna say all of the above. A good professional liar mm-hmm. really doesn't know what she's talking about or knows what she's talking about, is but is trying to paint a different picture. So in that video. Uh, where AOC was explaining about force to vote. Uh, now that video came out on January 6th and case study QB posted a seven minute video on his Twitter page. Case study QB is still being censored by Twitter, unfortunately. So please everyone support case study QB. Again, he's sitting through corporate media. I don't know how he does it. Uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have an ulcer or, you know, uh brain aneurysm <laughs> yet, but there, there you go. But that's besides the point. Um, AOC. In that seven-minute video, Jay, uh, even Sabrina and Jimmy Dore broke it down too. But in that seven-minute video, uh, I'm just going to give you guys a short rundown. She is quick to deflect, and she paints a picture of the reason why the Democrats don't want to do this. Because, hey, you got to work with your caucus. We got to work together. We So she, she's painting this whole picture of, yay, team, we're all friends, and you don't want to have a bad reputation in Congress. Listen, the Freedom Caucus – doesn't give a crap about its reputation. And I encourage everyone to check out the show that I host on Monday with Farron. She explains in detail about these congressional representatives. These politicians don't care about their reputation. They're thinking about their careers two years down the road, four years down the road, eight years down the road. They don't care about their reputation. They're fine with being given the middle finger. They're not friends with each other. They're all opportunists. And the thing is, in that seven-minute video, then AOC says, look, if we just did a force to vote, you know, uh, we we, got to do policies. And she's saying all what the Freedom Caucus was going after was uh, committee seats, which is something you need to get in order to make sure you get leverage, committee seats, positions of power, AOC, which is something you and the 15 congressmen and women who are on the force to vote petition could have done. In theory, they could have formed a large voting block to make Nancy Pelosi's life a living hell. But maybe also she, she AOC again in that video was quick to say, well, independent media channels for the algorithm on YouTube want to vilify. So she's going after Jimmy Dore. That's, she didn't say his name, but she said YouTubers who do independent media might want to do some negative things on the squad because it's good for the YouTube algorithm. Let, let, let me let you all on a little secret. Hold on. <clears throat> Folks, there's a whole system in place that's designed to keep independent media censored. The algorithm is not designed for us. It's not designed for I, I had to do my own Kit Cabello draw-in right there. I know, Jay, this is your show, so there you go. I mean, I'm just going to do that just once. But there's a system in place. There is so much censorship that's happening to independent media. It's not yeah. about the algorithm, but we are shining a light and calling out and being critical of the Democrats because AOC, you said to yourself, you got to make these politicians uncomfortable. But, oh, anytime AOC is being made uncomfortable, look what she said to Jose Vega and the other activists when they called her out. She, she said, hey, you guys are being rude. You're being mean. Or when confronted about force of vote, she says, this is violence. Okay. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And she gives a word salad answer about force to vote. Force to vote does work. And those Freedom Caucus members got what they wanted. They won. They got what yeah. they wanted. They won. Look, I'm, I'm going to, look, I showed it before. I'll say it again. 
Ilhan Omar says, okay, so this person says, we'll be able to push them left. Yeah, okay. Then Ilhan says, yes, we can. With a slim Dem majority in the next Congress, anything can be possible. It can literally take five courageous progressive members to get concessions on progressive policies. What that is? And I said, oh, so you can force the vote. So, and a lot of time, and, and here's the crazy part. You have people like Anna Kasparian that are misrepresenting what forced to vote actually is, right? They misrepresent and say, well, just let's just say that you did get mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi to agree to a vote on Medicare for all. It's going to fail anyway. Here's the thing. We're counting on it. Do they not see the strategy? I've said it before. Look, I think let, I, let, I, let me read this. Hang on. Okay, go yeah, ahead. No, go me. ahead. Kit. Because because. OK, so here's so here's my theory on mm-hmm. why also there was a lot of pushback, because, yeah. again, you know. Sometimes people just don't read the fine print or understand <laughs> something that's being presented to them. So conditions. no, they don't. And so let's talk about force of vote. Nowhere mm-hmm. in there. And I interviewed Jimmy Dore on this too. And Farron okay. from Farron Balance was quick to explain this too. Okay. We were not asking the squad to vote present or not participate at all. We were telling them to vote no to withhold their vote. And I think Jank and everyone else was assuming or was trying to misre- misrepresent that. Oh, if the squad votes no then McCarthy will become speaker. That's not how it works. The party was the most... Okay, so obviously the party... Like, there won't be a speaker until said speaker of one of the two parties that's represented wins. And the only way the opposing party that doesn't have the majority will get speakership is if enough of the opposing party is brain-dead enough to vote present. When you vote present, you are dismissing your entire vote altogether and it and it helps your rival side to get more more votes for them so if if enough republicans let's say during this for speakership just decide to vote present right mm-hmm. and uh hakeem jeffries got all of his party around him mm-hmm. theoretically hakeem jeffries could become speaker what mm-hmm. we were saying for the squad is to vote no withhold it make mm-hmm. make do what we saw with what the freedom caucus did with the 15 rounds that McCarthy had to go through. That's mm-hmm. what we were asking for. That's the plan. And I, I don't think uh, Jenk, Sam, or Anna, or David Pakman, or Ryan Grimm really understood uh, overall what we were saying. And they were quick to say, oh, well, by voting no, which, <clears throat> again, is, is a lie, voting no will help McCarthy. Well, McCarthy's Speaker of the House, and there were plenty of times Republicans were voting no, and Hakeem Jeffries during those 14 times did not get the all-majority because Republicans did not vote present. That's what I want to explain again. So there you go. They understood. They didn't want you to know. Do you understand? That, that, that's my – I mean, I'm coming to that conclusion. Here, here's what I said. I said, forced to vote is a setup for the corporate Dems and fake progressives to be themselves, then use that public revelation to primary the incumbents in order to move the party leftward on popular policies for the workers and poor. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I 
I likened it to this. If let's say I'm in front of a guy and his name is Jerry, just using a random person's name. <laughs> use and my I colleague's go, name. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I'll use a different name. Uh, Johnny. It's just Johnny. There you go. Johnny. Johnny's, Johnny's, Johnny's a regular. All right. So Johnny is sitting in front of me, and I'm having an interview with him just like I'm talking to you. And I go to Johnny and I say, so, Johnny, how many years have you been beating your wife? Either way, Johnny answers, he's screwed. Why? Because if Johnny says, I don't beat my wife, then guess what? You can go, oh, he denies it. Of course he denies it. If he says yes, then he's just admitted to beating his wife. Either way he goes, he is screwed. Right? With that, forced to vote, puts him in a position to either vote for it and go against the Democratic Party, or they don't and they go against the people. If I see a camouflage snake but you can't see it, what is the best way for you to see it? It's to make the snake move. I grab a mouse that is called force to vote. Guess what? You force that vote, that snake is gonna strike and then you will see it even though it was camouflage because now there's movement. Mm -hmm. And so that's the problem with some people are not understanding. And then once you see the snake for what it is, because we trust the snake to be what it is, we trust the snake to act in the way that a snake always acts. And so when that happens, then you can go, see, there's a snake. Now you get to kill it. You, know, you get to get rid of it. Well, see, and so uh, then, sorry, go ahead. Well, the, the, the problem, again, now with the Democrats, though, and what we saw with force to vote, and especially Ryan Grimm asking mm -hmm. Rokan about force to vote, they will not. If the Democrats do get majority seats in uh, 2024, mm -hmm. I I don't see them at all doing anything except falling in line and trying to make themselves look morally superior to the Republicans by not doing force to vote. They will just sign up and go ahead uh, and rally mm -hmm. around behind Hakeem Jeffries to be speaker. Yeah. They did mm -hmm. it so many times during the 14 run uh, during the other 14 or 15 times. Um, <clears throat> When McCarthy was running for a speakership, not once did the Democrats waver. Not once did the Democrats break rank. Mm -hmm. They were all behind Hakeem Jeffries, yep. and everyone pretend to be surprised when AOC is saying we're going to have Hakeem Jeffries be Speaker of the House. <clears throat> yeah. So, in regards to that, yeah, I don't trust them to ever actually do or fight, and. The thing is that they don't they don't actually want to. Really, it was a litmus test. This forced to vote thing was a litmus test to the Democrat Party, mm -hmm. especially to the Progressive Caucus. And they failed the litmus test. The okay. fact that they actually won't listen to us and actually force a vote just shows their fealty to the Democratic Party. And because of that, this actually solidifies the resolve of people like myself that say, you know what? 
leave the Democratic Party. They're not working for you at all. They don't want to work for you, and they will never work for you. They are just like the Republicans. The only difference is the Republicans have at least a little bit more intestinal fortitude in order to willingly do it because they're allowed to do it. They're allowed to move further to the right because that's the way our government works. Anything you have to fight to move further to the right, you're allowed to do it. But anything when it comes to moving further left or moving further for the people, you're not allowed to do. And mm-hmm. so that's what's, that's what's being shown to us day in and day out. And so to the people who say, well, we don't have any other choices, that's propaganda. And by the way, how many times right now is healthcare being talked about right now in this Congress? How many uh, – and you know, I know that Ro Khanna recently, he's passing out a bill that will has no chance at all of passing in this current house. Mm -hmm. It's all just word games for these politicians. And what should concern a lot of your viewers um, Mm -hmm. and mine included and everyone involved in independent media is that the squad is there to make people feel that they are listening. Now, (laughs) the thing is that the thing is, the thing is, the thing is though, let's talk about action right now. Right now, what is being done to really continue on the fight for women's reproductive rights? All right, because Roe v. Wade died under the Biden Harris administration. The yes. kids are still in cages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we have cities, not only just Chicago and Flint, Michigan, but so many cities and towns all across America that are suffering from lacking of cl- safe, clean drinking water because these are just lead or other dangerous contaminants in it. We have. Yeah. I, Hey, look, not 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 to be petty here, but I'm just going to sound just like a little bit of a punk here in three, two, one. I want that Ukraine money. How come how come Ukraine is there able to get all this money? Where's our bailout? I mean, that is that is another thing we have to talk about and how the Democrats have been all on board. All the Democrats have been all on board for continuous war spending for a conflict that if it escalates further heaven forbid and it shouldn't be going on one more day then we're looking at mushroom clouds in the sky and the overall extinction of the human species the survivors will envy the dead but yet we have money to waste into that that's 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 that should really also piss off a lot of americans that we have a homelessness crisis happening here we have a a lack of health care in this country lack of Mm -hmm. economic opportunities educational opportunities and And I, I, I have to say to people, I'm, I'm really concerned about what the next generation has to deal with. And I only can offer some minor solutions or maybe suggestions for young people who are going to be growing up in this neoliberal nightmare. And that is mm-hmm. if you're a young person or you know a young person that's going to college or that might mm-hmm. want to go to college, advise them not to go to college here in America. Tell them to wait and save up to go overseas. To put them into apprenticeship program or a trade school or go to community college. But we have to if if we want to break a system, let's start with the for profit education system that we have here. And that Mm -hmm. is making sure that enough young people do not go to college here in America because you'll be riddled with student debt. If you want to go to college, that's fine. Go to college overseas where it's free or affordable. That's that's what that's what you do. Yeah, I mean, really, you're basically spending money for your tickets and maybe room and board, but that's probably about it. 
Yeah. And then, you know, that's all you have to do. That's way cheaper than being 60, 70, $80,000 in student loan debt. Or if you want to, you have a different path you would like to go. Vocational, mm-hmm. you know, vocational schools or technical schools, education is also a great route to go if you don't want to do that. I am a product of a vocational technical education. I actually did commercial foods and culinary arts training in technical school. Oh, and culinary so, arts? I didn't know that. Yeah. And really? yeah. Oh, we, so we, we, we got to put you in Hell's Kitchen, man. You, you got to win uh, that competition. <laughs> yeah, I'm not winning. Not against those bougie folks, but <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like okay, make me a grilled cheese. All right, well, <laughs> give me some sourdough bread, some butter, and some cheddar, and boom, there you go. What else do you want? It's a grilled cheese. <laughs> I'm not gonna put like you, you guys want me to put you know it with you know a, a, a tomato a compote reduction with with. With some truffles, with some truffles, with, with truffle oil, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. do all that. Like, no, 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 no. I'll put, I'll put some bacon pieces in it. What? <laughs> Brilliant. Watch, watch, <laughs> watch, watch. You'll actually win the championship. <laughs> I'm like, simplicity is best. We're number one. <laughs> Wu Tang forever. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, my, my thing though is when it comes to a lot of what we're seeing now, and you were talking about solutions, like for instance, Roger Meadows is in chat and he brings up a lot of solutions. I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And I try to air those, you know, on here as much as I possibly can. A lot of times people are so. They're so they're they're put off, unfortunately, by what they think is antithetical for us to actually get true liberation for either as black liberation, poor liberation, disabled liberation, uh, what have you, just to actually have a more egalitarian society. Mm-hmm. And we're literally in the work of deprogramming people from that. Have you looked into the Green Party? Have you looked into Socialist Alternative? Have you looked into PSL? Mm-hmm. Have you looked into independent candidates? If you're not going that route, have you looked into different organizations that are doing work in your city, in your county, in your state in order to help people along? You have people like RBN has people like you know, we're trying to uh, develop chapters. You have Rome that does tour for the poor. You exactly. have this young lady who is out in in Los Angeles who's actually helping by giving poor people haircuts and feeding them, you know, on the streets. You have so many different people that are doing the, the work and also decolonizing their minds and deprogramming themselves from thinking, oh, if I really want to help the people, I have to go through this one particular party that's combined with the other party. It doesn't make any sense. So I think that, you know, we can talk about, like, for instance, Roger Meadow talks about ballot initiatives. That's another route that goes more to the direct democracy route. So there's a lot of different solutions out there. Uh, help. We, I had on 
the rapper Awkward. Earlier this week, we were talking about defund the police and the 10 demands for justice. There's many different solutions out there to really get us a more equitable and equal type of solution for us to actually have a better society. The thing is, is that we need to deprogram ourselves from this propaganda that's always being pushed by even some independent voices that they call themselves to be on the left. Because the thing is that they're not actually helping us divorce ourselves from that propaganda. I, I, I have to say, I, I saw a recent uh, video uh, that you guys did at RBN. I think it was Nick and um, uh, Compton who were talking about it. And that mm -hmm. was these larger platforms like TYT, mm -hmm. uh, Majority Report, Kyle Kalinske. And, yeah. you know, it's – I'm disappointed in the overall uh, path that they have taken – due yeah. to their lack of lack of understanding of just how corrupt the democratic party is well wait lack of understanding they know how corrupt it is because they hobnob with them all the time but mm -hmm. the fact that they want to tell everyone oh we have to do this we can't really challenge the system or don't take the limelight away from us because we're going to be the ones who will sit here and tell you what to do but their overall tactics and suggestions have always led to we got to vote more democrats we got to somehow reform the democratic party look you could have the bear eat you but you're not going to change the bear inside you the bear's just going to crap you out and that's what the democratic party is going to do to the progressive movement. Dare I say it, it's already done it already. Yeah. There is no incentive for us to keep on going to the Democratic Party. Now, I do get pushback from, quote, quote, liberals and other progressives who say, well, now you're being a full-on Republican. No. I know, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know what to expect from the Republican Party. I, I can respect their honesty in knowing that they're never going to fight for Medicare for all or any other progressive policy I care about. Now, Republican True. voters, yeah. that's a different question. When you ask yes. the voters a question about Medicare for all or women's reproductive, most voters are going to be like, well, yeah, this makes sense. UBI makes sense. Student debt forgiveness makes sense. Women's reproductive rights makes sense. You know, treating people with dignity, remove the political parties. And for the most part, Americans will do the right thing. I know it's it's shocking to see that, but we've seen yeah. a couple of red states go full on board with protect with protecting a woman's right to choose in a red state. Kentucky was one yeah. of them, a, yeah. a solid red state. And I have to say, I was surprised by that. But the yeah. citizens voted on that. That was there. So I say mm -hmm. to so outlets like you know Majority Report or TYT or Kyle Kalinsky, you know, yeah. if you or breaking points. If, if your overall plan is, oh, we got to be with the Democrats because Orange Boogeyman or Trump or Republicans or, 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 or Republican lawmakers are bad. Well, then why is it that when the Democrats do get the majority, they don't do anything? They don't change anything at all. The Biden-Harris administration maintained a lot of Trump's foreign and domestic policies. Those kids yes. are still in cages. And somebody was kind enough to remind me, too, that it was Rob Reiner who made that tweet in, when Biden was sworn in, he made a tweet that more or less went, hang on, kids, we're coming to get you. And I'm like, really, Rob? Did you get your fancy L.A. car and go down south of the border and get those kids out the cages? Because those, those little babies are still in those cages, okay? I mean, come on. I mean, I, 
No, no, he really wrote that, Jay. He he wrote he wrote down. He made this tweet. I gotta find it. Somebody has it. Um, but it's it was uh, Rob Reiner said, "Hang on, kids, we're we're coming to get you." Like any of those kids uh, have Twitter. Oh, I, gotta, I gotta find that Rob Rob Reiner. Hang on, kids. Hang on, kids. <laughs> maybe I'll find it. Maybe. Oh uh, my God, Rob Reiner. Damn it! Seriously, hang on, kids. Tweet. Yeah, well, look. I put it this way: liberalism is a cult. It is. It just really is. You know, and we, you know, and. God and... oh, damn it! I can't. I can't find it. I thought I could find it. I guess I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I know. I know. I saw it. I know. I saw it because somebody said, "Like, hey, it was Rob Reiner who wrote that tweet." I gotta find it now. But no, he, it's he, it's okay. We don't need to be haunted for the rest of 2023 because of seeing that tweet from Rob Reiner. But I I'm at a point right now where it, whenever they talk about we need to cling with the Democrats, I say to myself, self. Has your life been better when they had full control of the government? And I oh. say, no, no, it hasn't been better. And this is coming from somebody that's disabled, queer, and black. And no, it hasn't been better. Like, for instance, am I still housing secure? Yes. Uh, do I still have to pay for deductibles even though I'm on Medicare? Yeah. Uh, is there a possibility that the marriage law that was passed by the Supreme Court, could that be overturned just like Roe v. Wade? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It can. It, 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 don't be surprised if it doesn't happen. All right, because I could I could see the Democrats again saying, oh. "Well, unfortunately, we couldn't do anything. The Supreme Court uh, got rid of it, so give us money so we could fundraise off of it." Mm -hmm. But like, here's the crazy part: people are, and here's the thing: I think people need to realize, just because someone is not for the Democrats doesn't mean that they are a conservative. It does not mean they are a right winger. It does not mean they're a Republican. The thing is, is that even by a lot of what I like to call the legacy left, even by their metrics, the Democratic Party, and more specifically, the Progressive Caucus is failing their own litmus test. Mm -hmm. They are not fighting for these things. What good is the fight if you actually don't fight, you can tell me you're going to fight all day long, but until you actually help me when I'm in the battle, those are just words, man. And you have, and they have not shown us on a concrete, tangible, materialistic level that they will actually do for us like they do for the rich. Like, for instance, who made the Bush tax cuts permanent? Mm 
It was hmm. Obama. Well, uh, look, JB, uh, let me be clear here. Look, I, 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 I got I got rid of habeas corpus, you know? And look, we we, we I had a bill summit. And I led us from two wars to seven. Hell, even Black Lives Matter started under my administration. And uh, you know, we have to go look forward. 2008, yes, there was a big crash, but look, there, there's there's folks, folks, there's some good. There's there's some good people now. Here, watch me do a stunt, and I uh, hear some Flint, Michigan water. Touch the lips, right there. Obama out. Oh, dear God, <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, you, you know, you know, there, there's something else too that uh, we ha- we have to look at, look forward to, unfortunately, and that is, you mm-hmm. know, we might be seeing a repeat of. 2016 2020 through 2024 now again mm-hmm. trump is running again and watch people start losing their critical thinking they're going to be focusing this entire year preparing <laughs> us and making us be in fear of what's going to happen with uh yeah. trump running in the republican primary because again i'm going to be surprised if trump does not attend the prime he's already said he's running but if if, if anything derails his campaign I, I will i will be surprised because he is doing this now, not just being an egomaniac, but also controlling um, the fact that his movement, MAGA, is slowly starting to slip from his grasp. So you got people like DeSantis and other people that are now carrying that banner that Trump created. And what's going to happen is these same progressive lawmakers and these other larger, quote unquote, independent media outlets will be focusing on the danger of Trump why we got to vote Democrat and they're going to once again, double down on everything saying that RBN or hard lens media or Jimmy Dore or any activist or community organizer group that is not invested into helping out the progressive Democrats or reform the democratic party. They are Republicans. They are bad. They are the villain. And we have to break away from that narrative because we're offering constructive and yes, constructive, clear criticism to these politicians that supposedly say that they are our allies, but they have shown through their inaction, their willingness to not challenge leadership, that they are not going to bring in the change. Now, I know that electoral politics has burnt out a lot of people, but at least we could start building movements and organizations not connected to Washington, D.C., and start supporting ballot initiatives because that's the only counter and only way in which we are going to survive the madness of a 2024 uh, presidential election cycle, you know, and, yeah. and the thing is, the, the the one thing that still hurts me a little bit is yeah. I, I remember in 2016 when I was telling people like, hey, I'm not going to vote for Hillary. And number two, you know, there's a good chance she's going to lose. I lost some good friends, people wow. I, you know, people who I loved, you know, because of my statements. And I remember this one private message I got. Uh it, it's it still sucks to this day, but I got over mm. it. Um, this friend sent me a article. I think it was from Raw Story or AP News or NPR, and it was titled uh, "The Rise of White Supremacy in the Ku Klux Klan," uh, you know, in, in America. And this friend of mine wrote, "Through your inaction and through your indifference, you are supporting this. This is what you support." And I had to message him fast, like, how dare you think me not voting for Hillary Clinton makes me a white supremacist or associated with the Ku Klux freaking Klan? What? 
But see, that's that's again the problem with a lot of American voters, and that is a lot of people can't see past the BS that the mainstream media has projected upon so many people. And that is, oh, Trump's bad. We got to stop Trump. Democrats good. We got to vote Democrats. If you don't vote Democrat, you're a secret racist. That's the stuff I'm, that you get. I'm gonna make myself abundantly clear with this. Where are we at? One thirty-two twenty-six. Oh my okay. goodness. J yeah. JB, when you're editing this, I want you to clip this. A message to myself. Voting blue is voting red, and voting red is voting blue. And a lot of people are going to look at me and go, what in the hell are you saying? I meant what I said. If you look at what Joe Biden has been doing, Joe Biden is literally carrying over the same policies that Donald Trump did. Joe Biden is literally Trump 2.0. And I said this a long time ago. By the way, while we're talking, if you're you're listening to somebody and they're always talking about a particular podcaster. Oh, this podcaster said this, so we can't really follow what this idea is or what this person says, even if the, what they say may be correct. If they're so focused on the cult of personality, mm -hmm. there's two sides to the cult of personality. There is either the haters or the simps. You have two. And when you come out as neither, the simps will hate you and the haters will hate you because the simps will hate you for not loving the person and the haters will hate you because you're not hating them enough. And the thing is, is that we're not focused on the cult of personality. We're actually focused on the big picture, the big picture being capitalism, imperialism, Mm -hmm. White supremacy. That's Thank what's you. been damaging us in this country. Thank you. Thank you. I don't give a somebody. Give a Thank crap. you. I don't give a crap about the cult of personality. Okay. The idea of what's going on. That's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on housing. So many people are unhoused, and I'm not just talking about the people on the streets. I'm talking about the people that are sleeping on your couch right now. You who are watching, the people who are sleeping on your couch right now, yes, they're homeless. The people who are actually living in a place where they are not living, as, if they don't have a choice to be by themselves, if they don't have that choice to be with other people, then guess what? They're also homeless. Agreed. The people who are living in neighborhoods where they don't have access to actual healthy food, so they have to settle for unhealthy choices. We're talking about the people who are literally being coming to our border as refugees because of the sanctions our country's doing and making your countries bad. The thing is that if you live someplace and you got it good, you ain't going nowhere. But why are they coming here? Because the United States and their foreign policy is making it horrible for them to stay in their country. So they have to come to this. I can't cuss because, well, the YouTube algorithm now doesn't allow us to do that. Well, actually, but, in, the first, in the first 20 seconds or first two minutes, you're, you, you are in a danger zone. But I think you're okay to, 
then do it afterwards. But they okay. get, but but I've heard down the grapevine that YouTube is going to be uh, putting down more draconian laws pretty soon. Again, take it with a grain of salt because I haven't got full confirmation yet from some people I've talked yeah. to. I read a little bit of it, but this shithole, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that they're coming here and then they still get discriminated against because they dare to seek asylum. And then here's the crazy part. The Democrats and Republicans are doing the exact same thing. There's still kids on the border. That's a Democrat. The kids in cages, those cages were built by a Democrat. It was carried over by Trump. The, the you know, the crime bill made by a Democrat. The bankruptcy bill. Democrat. The Patriot Act was helped authored by a Democrat. Guess what? It is all bad between both parties. So the thing is that we need to stop with the cult of personality BS and start looking for the solutions, right? Mm-hmm. Now, those of us at RBN, I know Savvy does it. I know you guys do it. I do it. Uh, you have people like Second Thought, Midwestern Marks. Um, you have people at MCSC. They talk about solutions, right? They don't just report on the problems. They also bring up solutions too. So guess what? We're the ones who are talking about it. And then the pe- and then we're saying, but at the same time, we're saying, leave the party that doesn't give you any solutions. That's not actually helping you because they have a track record of not doing it. If if it, it look, a lot of times people say, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But if it's broken and you try to fix it many times, then guess what? It's time to throw it out. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's all I got to say. What what I want to let everyone know is it's easy to be get it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy for people to yeah. want to throw the towel in. Um, and I know right now it's it's, uh, it's so many of us are burnt out by it. But yeah. look look at how many times we've been proven correct. And I'll never forget what uh, this one video and, and 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 it should bring a smile to everyone's face. You and Rome were in a video and you asked, hmm. "Hey, where's your general strike at?" calling out oh. everyone that was against it. So all those people that were against the general strike, the March for Medicare for All, forced the vote, they can't really do anything. All what they can do is right now use that platform right now that somewhat favors them and, of course, corporate media too, and they can wag their finger. But they, when push comes to shove, they can't really deliver on anything. No. When, uh, when, uh, when it's time for Hassan or Jank or Kyle okay or Sam or Anna to step up, they're never going to do it. They're not going to put themselves on the front line. You know, I mean, never forget, you know, you see Anna out ever going out there to Flint, Michigan, or going on the front lines to cover a protest. No, she's not going to do that. <laughs> well, will fat Tony ever do that? No. Cause he's going to be crying about the plane, you know? So no, I mean, I mean, Jake Uger, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be that mean. And as for Sam Cedar, Look, uh, I mean, I, I feel sorry for the guy. The guy needs to get uh, new prescription glasses. He needs to read his contract before he starts selling uh, fake Japanese knives to his audience. That's what him and um, Ben Shapiro have in common. They they they, they sold a quote unquote the Kamikoto knives. Those Kamikoto knives aren't even from Japan. They're from Hong Kong. I'm not. A, I, do you, do you know this? Do you know about this? No, I did not know about. Look. The only thing I think that Sam really needs, number one, is a new perspective. 
Number two, Sam also needs a lozenge or a cough drop because he makes me want to cough every single time I hear his voice. Between him and Katie Porter, I just want to cough. But, yeah, I did not know about that, about the whole knives thing. Oh, yeah. No, no. This, this, this is quite hilarious here. When you have time, I, I think I don't know if we're running short on time, but I will send this to you private message. You, you deserve to laugh at this. So, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So apparently uh, Kamikotos, it's it's an it's one of the, it used to be one of the big uh, marketers for a lot of YouTube content creators and Ben Shapiro and Sam Cedar and a few others uh, were selling them. Now, again, I'm not an expert on geography, and maybe your audience, you know, your audience is filled with smart people, the in most intelligent people ever. They got big brains, so maybe they know. <laughs> maybe they know. But last I checked, Hong Kong and Japan, two different things altogether. I, I, I need a big brain individual to, 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 to confirm whether, whether I'm correct in this statement. Yeah, and, and 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 they're built of qual poor quality too. Like they they lose their sharpness every time you use them. Even if you sharpen them, it does it doesn't do anything. They're they're cheap, but yet the 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 proper or at least the the selling term is these are traditionally forged Japanese knives. And no, I've been to Japan. I've seen Japanese knives and swords and everything else. I've I've seen the good quality. It's no you. It's that's not how it works. Hang, hang on. If they said Okinawa, if they said Tokyo, then I'd be like, oh, okay. Hong Kong? I'm like, I'm not that good at geography. But Hong Kong's in China. Is it, though? Is it? Or is that more of your fake news? Is it, folks? Is it? <laughs> Uh, That's alternative facts. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill Bill Bradley, you are correct because the company that was also pushing Kamikoto knives was also pushing established titles. Now I don't know if Sammy ever pushed that one, but that was. Oh hilarious. my god, dude! That's dude, a scam too. Did, yeah, yeah. You, did you know about established titles? I heard about it. Yeah. No. It's, well, see, here's the thing. Uh, obviously, established titles. It. This this is embarrassing about Americans, but like you know, a lot of Americans, people I've spoken to, very, very they've been few and far between. But some people I spoke to is like, yeah, I'm actually related to a branch family of a noble, f like. <laughs> then, 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 then then why'd your family immigrate here? Because obviously, because 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 there's there's a couple things to unpack here about being related to a royal family or a lordship or a or a dukedom. A lot of those families were inbred, and they had a lot of freaking problems. Mentally, emotionally, they they were not right in the head. A lot of those royal families, <coughs> Lord royal Chiefs, family, <coughs> yeah, British royal we're, family, we're inbred, we're inbred, Hor horrifying. Like these these people were, were were not were not were not good. And not to mention another. Uh, another look at the ears. Look at the teeth. <laughs> nah, it's like a. Can you see me? Hi, hey! I'm your lord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there was also uh, the fact, another thing too that people don't talk about is a lot of these lordship families were broke. They 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 were broke. Huh? Yeah, yo, yeah, you didn't notice like uh, many many of these uh, lordships and kings were severely in debt. Like a lot of them lost their money. Like these, these, and so you know, whenever I hear that, like established titles where you could become a lord in Scotland, a, another dark secret is a lot of those noble houses and those heraldry are not recognized. 
by the rest of Europe. So in other <laughs> words, if if you spend anything on established titles, I'm so sorry. It's it's just it's just a gag gift. It was you can't write in your password. I'm Lord Kit Cabello. Why why no. why call why call myself a lord when I know I'm a king? Know your worst, gentlemen. Know your worst. Noble what? <laughs> Noble who? Noble what? Noble who? <laughs> in fact, in fact, you know what? On my passport, next time I'm gonna put down King Kit Cabello. That's right. <laughs> Well, how are you a king? I made myself one. That's why. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking my Kamikoto knives on this airplane now. Thank you very much. Kit of the House Cabello, first of his name. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. King man. of the Andos and the green and the green grass sea. Did you did you uh did you see uh House of the Dragon at all? No, though I, uh, I have seen all of Game of Thrones. I would like to see House of Dragon, but I, yeah, I heard I, I was just hearing a lot of the, the outrage. I, fe I, fe over... I fell in love. I fell in love with the show. Really? Uh, yeah, because okay. season eight broke my heart. That's not how Ga oh. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Se season eight. broke. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I could go on my own theory about how Game of Thrones is actually science fiction. But, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Did, you, did you notice? Or this is the well, theory? I mean, it's kind of science horror-y in some, some parts. Um, especially I'm, with the White Walkers, yeah. I'm, I'm. Well, yeah. The, well, the White Walkers are humans. So, um, mm -hmm. but uh, you, you know what I'm gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna send you a video, two videos. It's uh, it, it goes about the theory. It's only two videos. It's an eight part series, but it goes in the explanation about why possibly Game of Thrones is science fiction. But House of the Dragon is worth it. It was an incredible show. Uh, from beginning to end, and uh, I'm going to make a controversial statement and say uh, I'm for the Greens. I'm for House Green. I'm for the Green Dragons. Okay, the Greens. I have no idea. So this will all be new for me. So that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That that ending with Bran. The most interesting story. What? The ending, no, no, no. Look, okay, hang on. Spoiler alert, I'm going to reveal something. So if you have not watched Game of Thrones, you might want to mute right now or come back and watch the rest of this and skip this part, okay? <laughs> Bran Stark being elected as king of the Six Kingdoms I'm like, what? Are you... I'm like, oh, oh, okay. All right. I thought Rob, I, I thought, not Rob. I mean, I thought Jon Snow was going to be the king of the Seven Kingdoms because he's literally a Targaryen and he didn't go mad like his auntie did or like her, his, you know, grandfather did well yeah uh god what's the, what's the oh I, I think i think we're going off subject now because unless we want to talk about game of thrones i'm more i'm all for it um <sighs> but i would say i would say it, it, in regards towards what's happening with daenerys and why she went mad the books do hint that she's going mad mm -hmm. but 
I don't think that that's how it's going to happen if George ever gets off his wazoo and decides to finish the books because it, it's 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 more complicated because the way Daenerys is heading towards Westeros, she's going further east away from it, and it's been theorized that Essos, the continent that she's on, is connected through a land bridge through Westeros up in the north. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, and and so it, there's 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 a quote in the book. In order to travel west, you must travel east. In order to travel south, you must travel north. Um, and that's that's what's told to Daenerys, and she must go to the land of Ashai, where dragons were originally at, because dragons are associated with fire magic and dark magic. And uh, it may not have been the Targaryens who first tamed dragons at all. And while Targaryens, well, dragons might be dead in that part of the world. They might be alive somewhere else, and it, there's hinted that other cosmic horrors exist in Westeros, including you know that guy Euron Greyjoy, the the, the dude who was the ad the 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 pirate that Cersei hired. That's a clown. The real Aaron Euron Greyjoy is a goddamn freaking nightmare, and somebody who I want. If I hear about him on land, I am tr running as far away from any source of water in which a boat would be at. Euron Greyjoy is a freaking goddamn nightmare. He is a horror. He's he's a horror movie character who um I I, th I think he's found a way to become a god. And that's what's hinting at in the book, too, that he found a way to become a god. Oh, sounds worse than Ramsey Bolton. Well, Ramsey Bolton is even worse than the goddamn book because I think um I think when okay, so all right, so we're, we're okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go off on a little tangent here. All right, so up okay. in the north, there's the weirwood trees, and the weirwood trees are connected to children of the forest. Now, the children of the forest are not humans; they're a different species altogether, but they're mm -hmm. a hive mind collective. Now, I always found it interesting that when the children of the forest helped the humans against the White Walkers, they really got nothing back in return, and then they disappeared. But what the children of the forest do through the weirwood trees, and if you're close by them, they can influence what you see in your sleep and what you see. And they can somewhat predict the future. And uh, Ramsey Bolton um, probably got a um, one of the children of the forest to tell him, like, hey, you could take over Winterfell. You could do this. You could do that. And we'll, we'll, we'll tell you how you're going to do it, and you'll be given uh, information in advance. And what, what I find interesting about the Children of the Forest is that they, they influence people who are near weirwood trees or can somehow influence or give a suggestion of how a prophecy will play out. So somebody could see the future. They're giving a suggestion of if you do this, this will happen for you and make hmm. it seem like a prophecy is playing out, which is why, you know, when you see Bran with the Children of the Forest, what I find interesting is, OK, they're doing everything they can to make sure Brand is the next three-eyed raven. But why? Brand's an abomination. And what I and, and and what I mean by abomination is in George R. Martin's books, The Thousand World Series, he talks about people who have the ability to, you know, have psychic powers or control animals. But the abomination is somebody who could do that to a human. Because going into your imagine controlling a person's mind. And he did it to, to Hodor. Oh yeah, but he also in the book he did it to a few other people too. Uh, the, oh. the woman, the, the girl he was with, he did that to her, and for it, the way she describes it, it was like a huge violation. Like no, 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 and she ran away from him. 
to hide deeper in the cave. Like, I don't want you to do that to me again. And they're doing everything they can to make Bran into the three-eyed raven. And in other hive-minded species that, you know, have like a tree or some sort of obelisk, you know, they always tell the human characters to kill yourselves. Kill yourself. Because humans and hive-minded creatures always go to war in George R. R. Martin's book, The Thousand World Series. So I have to wonder, okay, so Bran is somebody who, if he becomes a three-eyed raven, children of force got him, basically. They could possess him. And there's nothing stopping from Bran suggesting that all the people in Westeros kill yourselves. Oh. Yeah, the children of force may not be the good guys. And the White Walkers might be the good guys because they're trying to warn the humans, like, hey, you know, there's a plan happening. We got to find you. Why do you think they were so interested in killing Bran? Because he was the memory of the world? No, because the White Walkers were humans. They're, they're, they're not oh, aliens. Man. The White Walkers are humans. The White Walkers could be humans. So there you go. Oh. And, and, and so, and, and, and the thing is, um, e even they may not be able to truly help out because the problem with the White Walkers is that they were, they've been subjected to a genetic genocide more or less. When um, at um, Craster's Keep, he's getting nothing but those inbred children, right? Because the White Walkers yeah. can't. Uh, White Walkers don't have a female. There used to be, there was a White Walker woman who did marry one of the uh, Lord Commanders who became the Knights King, supposedly. But maybe that was a peace agreement that the children of force didn't want to have happen because then the white, let's say the white walkers were able to say, hey, listen, uh, these children of force, they might kill you guys. Wow. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, because they're all on board. The white walk, and, and at least according to what we saw in the show, the White Walkers were created by the Children of the Forest. They couldn't control yeah. it anymore. Or either that, what we saw was just a suggestion of, oh, yes, we, we tried to stop you humans. Or either that, they were trying to control a human. They couldn't do it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's there's, there, there's, there's so much more nuance behind some of the books. Wow. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. This is something you, you don't get from Kit Cabello usually. You, you know, you get him in his... And it's fandom, you know. That's that's great. I, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and and, and what, what should also be pointed out too, uh, especially with uh, Game of Thrones, is it's always hinted, like in in the books. Not only does George talk a lot about food because he's a foodie, but he also talks about like hidden shelters or um, you know caves or mining areas that are that are dug out that are that are really meticulous and he goes into details about a lot of these caverns and in, uh, in his other books he talks about mines and caverns too but those were bomb shelters because humans had nuclear wars not only against themselves but against aliens and i have to say the way he describes some of those shelter areas under these big castles and citadels those could be bomb shelters too and the people of westeros just don't know it wow there you go so, so there you mm. go Wow, that was pretty cool. That was a great explanation. I gotta watch that. And, and I, I went, 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 went off went off subject. We really went off subject here. <laughs> no, it's all good. It, it's good to you know veer off a little bit. You know to discuss things like that. But um, I just wanted to get a couple of these chats in right before you go. Okay, Nancy called Zelensky His Excellency. Oh my God, Ew, oh, SG. God. 
Yeah. Um, so Roger says, I got two people from CBI state that allows them to ratify their own amendments into their state constitutions. Let's get single payer and public banks ratify into Florida, Illinois. Come times a ticking. Um, yes, there can be citizen ballot initiatives. And Roger, I saw your question earlier. It depends on what exact what exact policy or initiative could pass uh, if Springfield does get involved, because there are some things that Springfield could veto down. But Chicago, being a major metropolitan city, has a lot of political influence over the state of Illinois. That's that's a fact. And Chicago, more or less can do what what it wants because it, it it control it controls the state yeah. not, not, not going to sugarcoat it yeah what he says is there any polling for the mayoral race at this point or still is it a little bit to, still a little bit too early to tell and that's what's frightening me because again a lot of people may not know who's running or who's the better candidate so yeah still a little bit too early to tell but um i am mm -hmm. hoping for a hail mary for somehow lightfoot to just say i'm not going to run because i just don't want to see her get elected again okay Rick Solis is trying to cause fights. He says, I ain't from Chicago, but I've got family there and socks all the way. Correct choice, Rick. Man, you are a big brain person. I respect you. Rick Solis is the smartest man alive. <laughs> well, well said. Oh, man. Snork Y2K says, guys, I'm 62 years old. If you must do anything, ban anyone over 70 from president, Congress, Senate, court, or dog catcher. Wow. Mm, yeah mm. uh age limits term limits okay and it's that look if you're in your 80s and 90s live your best life walk by a volcano jump out of an airplane do whatever you want just running for dying fight is going to be 91 in the next election cycle if she chooses to run again i mean there is an age limit for president you can you have to be at least 35 years old i'm sorry you, you can't be any younger than 35 to run for president of the United States. So, I mean, there is that. I don't know. I, I, I'm still kind of like in between because the thing is that my my view is there's antiquated ideas, but what if somebody is older, but they have great policies and they are pushing for wonderful things, but they happen to be over the age of 70, you know? So that's the only thing I'm, I'm a little, you know, I could probably be moved on that, but mm. that's the only thing I'm thinking about. Thank you for the super chat. Oz. Oz says, hey, JB. Gosh, please buy Kit a slice of great New York pizza for us. <laughs> Oz, first of all, uh, last, I just want to let you know, Sabrina did a polling with Fiorella oh, on what's oh, better, no. New York style or Chicago, and Chicago won. So we're the first among equals. We're all equal. That's that's why I'm, that's that was my that was my declaration. We're all equal except Chicago is the first among equals. So <sighs> we have the best tasting pizza. So there you go. We we are the princeps. We are the Augustus. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, Bill Bradley says you don't get into the duopoly at the federal level unless the party can control you. If you make the representatives younger, it does not change. They will be compliant to the party. I agree. Um, you know, and Bill's also because he says the problem's not their age, it's that the outsiders cannot make it in the duopoly. That's also a, a good point as well. But mm -hmm. yeah. 
but yeah, so I mean, we're we're at basically at the two hour mark. Um, I don't want to take too much more of your time. Plus, I gotta start dinner and I gotta meet somebody a little bit later. Oh, oh my um, goodness. Yeah, I yeah, JB is gonna be a little bit busy today. But dude, it is always good to have you, man. <sighs> no problem. Well, here's the thing. I want to say to everyone, uh, sure. please support all independent media. Support the work that JB is doing on his YouTube channel, but also support Thank the you. entire crew of Revolution Blackout Network. Thank we you. need more voices out there. And I got to say, I am really impressed with the work and new ideas that RBN has brought in. And I want to say to people, you know, now's the time to step up and we need more voices out there. We got to collaborate and work together and fight for that better future. And I said, even when I was on radio in 2018, I want to see more people step up. JB, what you and your crew are doing is what I want to see. I want to see more of it. And I'm very proud of the community that you have built. And I'm glad to be on your show. And, uh, Occasionally, you get to hear me speak. Sorry if I spoke too much. So be sure nah, to say, hey, Kit, calm, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. I do have uh, some comments on Rockfin really quick before okay. uh, we go. This is from Roger Meadows. He also has some comments on Rockfin. Roger says, actually, let me enlarge this so that people can see it a little bit better. So Roger says, here's something to think about. You hear the GOP say they are for free market competition, yet for competition to exist, you have to be vigilant with antitrust because without it, there is no competition. Only monopolization and agopolization of industry. Mm. When these clowns go around saying I'm capitalist, I say, no, you're again, you are an agopolist or a monopolist, which is worse. That is a good point. Mm-hmm. Also, Roger says, Kit, when they call you a Republican, just say, I'm not the Republicans, the Democrats are. Have you been paying attention to the S they've been pulling while you were asleep? Uh, I tell you, the other half of my Black Gen X and Boomer community is not the lesser of two evils. It is the same as the other evil. You're just asleep when your evil is in power. I don't need to tell you the evil of the other party. You know it. Right. Mm. True. True. Bars. Bars by by Roger. Yeah. Yep. So that's basically the, you know, Roger ends it there. Um, but yeah, uh, please make sure to follow Kit Cabello and Heartlands Media. Mm-hmm. Make sure to also follow Chicago Corner. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you can get some ideas from Chicago Corner and implement that in your own city. There you go. We want to see maybe. more of it. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Maybe some Orlando or some Toledo Corners or maybe some Los Angeles Corners or maybe some Camden Corners or Atlanta New York City. Corners. New York City Corner. There you go. Yeah. Rochester Corner, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, also, did you subscribe? Get that little red box. Get that little red box some love. Just, just rub it. Just rub it with your hand, right? All over. That's what we go. like to see. Brown chicken, brown go. cow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm goofy as hell. Can you tell? Anywho, <laughs> thanks everybody so much for tuning in. Water your plants, water yourselves, leave the world better than you found it. And look, 
Reading is fundamental. I'll be getting to these books soon. So they're Asada and Dirty Truths. So I'll be getting to those. Love, peace, chicken grease. And if not chicken grease, olive oil. Deuces, forehead kisses to every single one of y'all. Bye. Love you. <laughs>